Welcome to In Season, where we explore the connections between people and nature through our gardens, our farms, and the wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Retzloff, and I'm so excited today to be joined by Maggie Stuckey. She's an author, and we're talking about her latest book. It's called The Container Victory Garden, and it's a beginner's guide to growing your own groceries. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you. So I'm nice to be here. It's just wonderful to talk to you. I think we spoke years and years ago about your book, Soup Night, which is so delightful. And if you're looking for a good cookbook about soup, check out Soup Night. It is a great book. Thank, but we're, but, thank you. <laughs> and I'm really excited about this book that you've written for a number of reasons. Container gardening, so awesome, so wonderful. Just growing plants in general. I love it. But also Victory Gardens. And the history of Victory Gardens is something that I have, have long just adored and and loved and so tell me how did you how did you get connected to that what made you be inspired the, to write the connection this to, to yeah. Victory Gardens, you mean? yeah well yeah and just like and then translating it into this concept okay well um many years ago when i was in college i'm not going to say how many but back <laughs> in those days yeah <laughs> i was a history major and i've I, i've loved ever since particularly reading about and hearing about how how people manage their ordinary everyday lives you know a lot of history classes are about who was king and who won what war and all that kind of stuff what's way more interesting to me is how did just regular people live four or five hundred a thousand years ago so um i 20 some years ago i moved i i i I divide my time between Portland and Ocean Park across the river. Um, I I moved from a regular house in a standard southeast Portland bungalow with a regular backyard, which I had turned into a 100% vegetable garden. There was nothing back there but vegetables growing. As one does sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I moved from there to a beautiful, lovely, historic um garden apartment complex, which is well known throughout the Portland architecture community because it's so beautifully done, dates back from the 1940s. Wonderful in every way, except <laughs> because it's an apartment building, I don't have any garden space. <sighs> I, had, I had a patio about the size of a bandana. <gasps> you know? And I figured if I wanted to continue to grow vegetables, which is where my heart is, I would it would need to be in containers. Okay, so that's what I'll do. I'll get a couple of good sized containers and just grow the vegetables in there. I didn't know the first thing about container gardening. It's very Not, different. It's yeah, it very is very different. different. And so I so I did what I always do when I need to lo- to learn something. I went to the library to check out a book on growing a vegetable garden in containers and discovered to my amazement that there wasn't one. There's no <laughs> such thing existed in those days. There were books about container gardening, but they were all about flowers, yeah. you know? And maybe they had a page and a half for tomatoes, but that's it. And I thought, now this is weird. I cannot possibly be the only person in the world who'd like to do this. So this needs some more thought. Now I make my living as a writer. And so I'm always kind of looking around the corner for the next idea. And I thought, this is going to be it. You know, this is what I'm going to spend a while working on. Uh, so I spent a couple of years um, just experimenting, 
um, so you were trying out I, growing and, different and, things. Yeah, what what would work and what wouldn't work, and most important of all, what's not worth the trouble. Yeah. And I and I, I I interviewed master gardeners that I knew, and I talked to people who own you know those wonderful seed companies that teach us so much, all this stuff. And generally speaking, they said they're trying to be polite. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they said. Hmm, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. And what they were really thinking is, are you nuts? That's not going to work. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of vegetables that it is challenging to grow in containers, but there's a lot yeah. that you can grow. You can. And the real thing is so much has changed. That was 20 some years ago. And so much has changed since yeah. then. Um, the whole horticulture industry sort of kind of woke up to the fact that people who live in apartments... That's that's the largest cohort of, of container gardeners, but it's not the only one. That's another thing that changed is I expanded my own understanding of who needs to grow gardens that way. But there, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of people who want to grow a few nice fresh vegetables, live in apartments. What are they going to do? So what we now have is container appropriate cultivars of almost every vegetable you can think of. You don't have to limit yourself, which is what we used to have to do 20 years ago. I, I mean, you, I used yeah. to have to read seed catalogs like a detective, you know? If you if you see something described as being vigorous producer. <laughs> Probably <that means> not. <laughs> it ain't gonna work in a container, forget that one, you know? You know, but you're right. But, I've seen that so much more now in seed catalogs. You see things that are, you know, bush, varieties yeah. or yeah. you know and and they're often listed as good for containers you know good for pl- containers. They, plant sometimes breeding they have has a been amazing section set up mm-hmm. and some of some of those wonder I, I i love them all because gosh they teach us so much sometimes they even put together a container collection mm-hmm. you know one tomato one basil plant some peas some beans and kerosene you it 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 um particularly for people who are just kind of tiptoeing into this for the first time it takes away all the mystery and all the decision making just buy that collection and you'll have probably half of what you want you know absolutely um, yeah i mean and, yeah. and it can i mean also just going to to nurseries because a lot of people love to start things from seeds but for a lot of people too like you know it's nice to also be able to buy plants that are already growing but there's so many it's, more out there that are available right, that you can right. go and also i think there's more cool containers available and containers that it's appropriate to grow vegetables yeah. in. You know, it yeah. feels like you're right. The The industry has really evolved understanding yeah. that there are more people who have either limited garden space or, you know, maybe the only sun that they have is on a deck. Right, right, right. And, and sometimes you walk into a, a garden center or a nursery and they've got, they've set aside a whole section of this giant banner that says container veg. Geez, like yeah. we're we're proud that we can now offer yeah. this to you, and it, especially for beginners, and especially in the springtime. Yeah, having having the availability of small transplants is so much easier. Yeah, because if you if you had to start them from seed, say yeah. lettuce, you know those things that you know we can't grow it in the summertime. Yeah, you would have to back time it to like January or February, and at that point it is so hard. Yeah. to get the timing just right. Absolutely. So I tell people, let somebody else who has a commercial <laughs> greenhouse, let them do all that hard work. You just go and buy a six pack of assorted lettuce and 
bingo, you got it. But there's lots of things that you can grow throughout, you know, spring, summer and fall, especially here in in our kind of coastal Pacific Northwest climate. I mean, we have a really flexible climate here. Right, we do. And and excuse me, we have a lot of wonderful things to choose from. Mm -hmm. And not just the, the sort of standard things like lettuce and spinach and those we we know those are cool seasons but all the wonderful asian greens and the new varieties of kale and mustard greens and all those things that have been kind of on the fringes of our awareness suddenly they're everyday stuff you know? absolutely and, yeah and and there's so many herbs that grow well in containers too and you know for sometimes for people that might be a really like a simple intro to growing things in a container it is absolutely the best way to start especially if you enjoy cooking there's yeah. just something magical about being able to walk out the kitchen door and find fresh herbs yeah. there so well and i, I, I like i, I you, always yeah. say that if you don't do anything else <laughs> if you don't do anything else start a small herb garden because herb plants by their very nature tend to stay kind of compact yeah, many of them also, do. Also, mm-hmm. by by their very nature, they don't need watering as often as other vegetable mm-hmm. edible plants do. And that is that of all the positive things you can say about container gardening, the only real challenge is it's sometimes hard to keep up Absolutely. with the watering, especially in the summer. And herb plants will forgive you yeah. if you forget to water them. They yeah. will not crash on you. So. What I loved about this book in the sense is that you are tying it to, I mean, you're encouraging people to grow in containers, but also linking it back to these times when we talked about Victory Gardens. And these were these were things that came out of the hardship of, of both World Wars, World War One and World War Two, And, you know, in hard times, and, you know, there was less fresh food available. A lot of the fresh food was going off to, you know, feed the troops. And so, and people were encouraged to grow their own produce at home. And I, I feel like, you know, this, this concept has come up a number of times, especially in, in the last few decades, last couple of decades, and just in the last decade, truly, as we've had these, you know, economic hard times during COVID, you know, times of, of social and economic upheaval, you know, people, you know, maybe you don't have as much uh, money, maybe you don't have as much access to fresh foods, but people are recognizing how valuable that is. And so being able to grow some of your own, it truly is entering into that spirit again and I I love that you brought this back and and throughout this book it's not just gardening tips you also have stories from people who had victory gardens or whose parents had victory gardens back like during world war ii can you can you talk a little bit about how did you how did you find those stories well that was well I had a lot of help (laughs) (laughs) um I um I have a, uh, a a newsletter and and a website of mine, and I sort of put that question on there. Um, I asked friends of mine who have a stronger social media presence than I if they would help me spread the word. And then, quite accidentally, because through a completely different avenue, I made the acquaintance of a young woman who has just finished a Master of Library Science degree. And then when I got to this point, when I had the idea of trying to find these people, I thought, I don't have a clue how to do this, really. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. And so I contacted her and asked her if she would, if I could hire her on a freelance basis to do this one research thing. And she said, yeah, I'd love to do that. So I said, this is what I want. Take it away, kid. Do whatever <laughs> you can think of. Um, 
and the the lovely thing for, for our audience today is that um, I have I ended up with well let me back up one step we through all these efforts I I identified fifty some people who did in fact remember the Victory Garden they were of course young children at the time but it was either their parents or more likely their grandparents some of them for a lot of different reasons didn't quite fit into my plan for the book but I ended up with 20 marvelous stories some of them are it just make you laugh out loud they're so funny because <laughs> that's what people tend to remember is these goofy things that happened you know mm-hmm because a lot said, these no. were a lot of times there were people that didn't didn't have any experience growing food oh, yeah, prior yeah, to yeah, needing absolutely. to start absolutely. these gardens yeah. but then you know the government is saying hey you need to grow your own fresh produce and that and, and that is people that's did. the link between then and now mm-hmm. is that it, that same mindset was um the country's facing a serious problem. We we are in, in the 1940s. Is we are at war. This is a thing that we that my family can do to help. Yeah. Whether we have an experience or not, people we are encouraged to give it a try, and so we're going to give it a try. We're going to do the best we can. Yeah. Now, 75 years later, 2020 and 21, suddenly we've got this horrible, mysterious disease. Yeah. Nobody really understands it yet, but we know it's fatal and it's horrible. So we're not at war exactly, but it is kind of like a war. The it, same. It felt like the, it. The, 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 the same way of thinking about life is mm-hmm. is there, and so once again, the 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 cure, the solution to this anxiety is, let's plant a little garden. Well, wait a second. We don't have a garden space. Yeah, but we can do something. We can figure it out. So it was that whole sense of we will do our part to help our family and maybe help a few other people if if we can manage that too. And then um, the uh, the kind of periphery of all that is the other things that we already know that gardening is wonderful therapy. It's good exercise. It produces fresh, healthy foods. It doesn't have a lot of icky stuff sprayed on it because you know exactly what you did. But what what touched me so deeply is this, the parallel between World War II and then this fighting this horrible COVID thing seemed like in terms of how people were managing this sort of desperate situation was, it really was the same. And so one day I thought to my, this idea just went flying through my head are we seeing a modern day equivalent of the victory gardens? And the more I looked at it that way through that window, I realized indeed we were. And that's when I thought it would be fun if I could find some people who could tell us stories from those days, you know? Yeah. And as I said, some of them are funny. A couple of them are really, really tragic, will almost make you cry. Um. And a lot of them are just heartwarming. Now, I interviewed all these people, and then I asked them to write up their stories so, because I promised them I would use their own words. I would not put words in their mouth. You tell it to me the way you remember it, and that's what will be in the book. So a couple of times I had to go back and forth because I wasn't quite following what they were saying. But um, And the nice part for, for our program is, there are half a dozen people on the Long Beach Peninsula 
that are among these storytellers. Oh, that's so wonderful. Anyway, which is, I just, I just absolutely love that, you know. I do too. And I love, I've run into so many people in my time here living in this community that, that have memories of their parents or their grandparents' gardens and growing up gardening and growing up with, with different, different crops, you know, whether it was a big garden or a small one. And, uh, you know, just learning the things and, and, and having, I have so much respect for what people know, that kind of inherent knowledge. And even if you aren't necessarily an active gardener, if you grew up with a family garden, there's things that you just know. And it, whenever you yeah. want to pick it up, though, that knowledge is still there in your head somewhere. It is still there. Yeah. I, um, um, I said I talked to all these people at some point during the mm-hmm. writing and editing process. I heard the word patriotism a lot. Yeah. I heard the word sacrifice a lot. Yeah. But it was almost always followed by this this sentiment. But even though we were sacrificing and things were inconvenient at home, we knew it wasn't anything like what our men overseas were going through. And so we tried not to to worry. We tried not to focus on that too much. Yeah. Um, well, they would say say things like, we felt like we were doing something to help, but but deeper than that, on a more emotional level, and several women, in fact, said this to me, I could see the plant growing, and that it's a tangible, real thing, and I could easily see it as a, sim- a symbol of hope. Yeah. Watching the plant grow, my hope grew that my husband, my son, my brother, my father, whoever, was going to come back home safe to me. I could and really see that. That's beautiful. It, and what I mean, it was just—it's so, it's so dear and so touching. Yeah. I just—I feel so um, fortunate that I, that I was able to make this connection with them because I think it really adds a dimension to the book that that makes it more than just about gardening. Absolutely. I mean, more than just a how-to book about gardening. Absolutely. It really, it really is wonderful how you've woven these stories through. And and if you're just joining us, um, on, I'm speaking today on In Season with Maggie Stuckey. And the book we're talking about is her latest book. It's called The Container Victory Garden, A Beginner's Guide to Growing Your Own Groceries. And it is this wonderful, you know, manual about how to grow lots of different edible plants in containers so if you have a contained space or you have an apartment or you just really have a deck to grow on it's it's great for that but it is also remembering and there's there's memories and stories and evoking this this time this this spirit of you know back in world war ii when people did were encouraged to plant their own gardens to grow their own food and i feel like we really did see a resurgence of that during the covid years i mean so many people were stuck at home you know working from home stuck from home laid off and gardening boomed. Gardening went crazy. It did go crazy. Isn't that something? It went crazy. And you it was, find, I mean. You couldn't find seeds anywhere. Oh, oh I remember. I It was really frustrating as a farmer. You know, I was trying to place my seed orders and, and websites were crashing and yeah. orders were taking weeks to arrive because everybody was suddenly wanting to grow their own food. And it, 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 it almost seemed like everybody got the exact same idea at the exact same moment. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's also, it's, it's frightening you know it, it, grocery stores were running out of food people didn't know where yeah. their food was coming from you know we weren't supposed to leave our homes and so i i right. think that but there is something also so comforting about gardening and very grounding 
and hopeful, like you said, that, you know, even if maybe the motivation that you come to it from is is maybe fear or anxiety or I, I need to grow some of my own food, once you're doing it, you realize, like, how therapeutic it is, how how relaxing it can be, right. you know, how yeah. comforting, how, how nice it is to go out and check on your plants yeah. and, and see how they're doing. Yeah, and interestingly enough, the, um, the National Garden Bureau, which is the trade association of the horticulture industry, tracks that every year. Um, the, mm-hmm. the trend, the garden trends, and in those in those years, 2020, 2022, they released their survey from 2021, which is people who had been gardening for the first time. And it was more than 18 million wow. Americans started a vegetable garden for the first time ever. But a huge percent, I can't remember the number, but a huge percent, it's something like 80 some percent said, yes, we're going to continue next year. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Because it, I mean, it doesn't stick for everybody. You know, I I mean, and I get that. And and it's hard, I think, especially if you've never done it before. There, there are things that you're, you know, you need to know. It's a skill and it takes time and practice. People get discouraged sometimes really easily when things die. And I, you know, I just try to, you know, remind people, it's like, I've been a farmer now for 20 years, and I still kill so many plants every year. Every year I kill things. The plants are going to die. It's not always going to work. And you learn so much from that. You learn from that. I specifically wrote this book for beginners because I think we garden writers um, do them a disservice quite unintentionally. I was thinking the other day that there there are words that are just normal English words that have a special meaning when you're talking about gardening. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about, we say, watch out when it starts getting getting hot because mm-hmm. your lettuce is going to bolt. Yeah. Well, gardeners know what that means. Yeah. But if you're if you're beginning, what the heck is she talking about? Yeah. There so, are so many things. Yeah. And 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 so what one of the things I did in the book was I um I um commissioned a an artist on the peninsula to do black and white um pen and ink drawings in addition to these beautiful portraits we also have I think we ended up with almost 30 um, drawings because it is there are things that it's just so much easier to grasp if you can see a picture of it. Mm-hmm. I could take a half a page to tell you what that means. Yeah. But the, her name is Lee Johnston. She just said, I said, draw, draw me a regular lettuce and then draw me a Bolton lettuce side by side. And you look at it, it takes five seconds to get the idea, yeah. you know. And just understanding um, those concepts, you're right. I mean, a lot of gardening books can be really intimidating. And, and sometimes talking to gardeners, experience, I mean, I, have, I, I see that a lot or I, I experience that a lot with people who, you know, approach me. They have questions. And there's, there's often like an immediate apology, like, oh, I don't know anything. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, oh, it's, this is a really dumb question. And I try to say there are no dumb questions. I welcome questions. But I have to remember sometimes that... You know, there's a base knowledge that some people just don't have at all. And that's just because they've never done it before. You got to start somewhere, yeah. you know. And yeah. if you've never yeah. started a garden, if if you still didn't start a garden during COVID years and maybe this is that year, um, I really encourage you to, to try. And this is this book is a great resource, especially yeah. if you either, you know, you can only do containers or maybe you want to incorporate containers into a larger garden space. Right. Um, sometimes that's how you can get maybe you don't have a lot of well-drained soil and growing in containers can be the way that um, people on the on the long beach peninsula live on top of a giant sandbar yeah 
that's not exactly the best soil for growing <laughs> edible plants, you know. Absolutely. So, so you can either bring in yards and yards and yards of new soil, or you can get a couple of good-sized containers and just focus all your soil amendment in one spot, which is easier to manage and easier to maintain. And all the other reasons why container gardening works right here at home, we have this additional thing of, you have good soil to work mm -hmm. with. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What are some of your favorite plants to grow in containers? I love um, uh, things that are pretty as well as being good to eat. Like I'm thinking of bright light Swiss chard. Oh, such a pretty plant. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, brilliant stems. Um, it's one. It's good raw. It's good cooked. Um, and and they're so and they're so handsome and. They can grow pretty much through from late spring all through summer into early fall, unless we have really, really, really weird stuff. I mean, if we lived in a warmer climate with a longer hot season, they would indeed bolt as well. But it doesn't often happen where we live. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love all the Asian greens that because they, uh, there's one called Tatsoi. Which, oh, Tatsoi is delicious. Yeah. It's, and it is, and it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It forms this incredible rosette that looks like you would buy it in a, in a flower shop. You know, very um, similar. You yeah, you you can't buy. My, my, what I like to encourage people to think about is, stuff you can't readily buy in the supermarket. Yeah. Um, or, or like like uh, regular carrots. You know, they're like a foot and a half long, and yeah. they take forever and ever, and you need beautiful soil and. And that's but great in a container, in a, yeah. In a container, you can buy ones that, instead of being long and skinny, they're round, about mm -hmm. the size of a ping pong ball, and they don't take nearly as long, and you don't have to worry about having this perfect soil. Besides which, kids think they're cute as heck. I know, that's so, true. <laughs> yeah, so you, so you can sneak vegetables in by showing them how fun it is and stuff. Yeah, I love growing. Um, Sometimes I'll do, um, in a large container, I like to do a little trellis, and maybe grow some snap peas or snap right. beans up that and then at the base of it plant lettuces you know or or sow some arugula yeah. or something like yeah. that and so you get like multiple crops out of a container and the cool thing about some of that like like peas or beans or stuff like that is when you're or, or cherry tomatoes even yeah when you're standing there in your garden eating it like you just pick it off the vine and put it straight into your mouth it's just a flavor explosion and you really get like how crisp and sweet and delicious vegetables and, and can be yourself, vegetables and fruit. That, this is what this is what it's all about. Yeah. This is really what it's all yeah. about. Yeah. And, yeah. and that yeah. is phenomenal, you know, cuz oftentimes it, you know de depending on where, you know, where you're getting your produce at the supermarket, sometimes that produce has been harvested a week, maybe more ago yeah. and isn't that it's not beautiful or healthy or even organic sometimes, but at, once you've harvested that produce, it begins to decline. You know, the sugars start to change, the flavor right. just changes, and it is profound to taste it fresh yeah. from your garden. And then there are things like lettuce and other things you want to put in a salad. When you when's the last time you bought a you bought a big head of lettuce or something yeah. and 
you look in the CRISPR drawer and yeah. it's turned to black slime because Absolutely. you didn't have chance either. You, you just need a couple growing. of leaves. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so I know there's it's just the the possibilities are endless. And and I feel like, you know, we could we could talk for hours, but we are sadly just about out of time. But I just want to remind people again about about who I'm talking to. This is Maggie Stuckey I'm talking to. And she has written a, a gorgeous, wonderful new book called The Container Victory Garden. And it's all about growing, growing vegetables and edible plants in containers and I, I encourage you to look it out. I mean, how, where can people find it? Do you sell it through your website? Um, ask at your local bookstore. I, I do not sell it directly, but mm-hmm. any bookstore can order it. Yeah. Or let's, let's send everybody to the library. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if your library doesn't stock it, ask them to buy a copy. Right. Um, right. Thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you for writing this book. And thank you for talking to us today. It's thank been you for inviting delightful. me. I absolutely love being here. It's been delightful. And I've, I, you know, I've learned a lot from this book. And I really encourage people to seek it out. It's, it's a wonderful read and lots of good information and really some wonderful stories about the history of Victory Gardens, too. So thank you so much. And thanks to everyone for joining us today on In Season. It's been a lot of fun. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.